Welcome to Unlock Your Wellbeing, the podcast that teaches you the simple keys to health and happiness so that you can grow as a human being into a well-being. And now here's your host, author, certified wellness coach, mother, and wife, Alicia Leadham. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unlocky Wellbeing. I'm your host, Alicia. And today we have a guest who's going to be talking to us about something that is really close to home. And this has to do with family. For all of our listeners, we talk very often about the importance of self-leadership and leading yourself from the inside out. And one category of your of your life that doesn't get a whole lot of attention is the importance of family and how really everything that you're building that you're doing in your life starts at home. And so I'm really excited to dive into this topic a little bit more today with our guest, Todd Marchant. Welcome to the show, Todd. Oh, thanks so much for having me here, Alicia. It's an honor. Yeah, I'd love for you. You have um, a really cool background from what you were doing 10 years ago and to what you're doing now with your company, uh, Be Whole, Do Good. I'd love for you to tell us more about your story. Yeah, you bet. So, I mean, I, first of all, I just love the message that you share in your platform so much about this leading, leading from within. And I think in the home, you know, this is something we'll talk a lot about. It's still the same, you know, whether you're leading a team, leading in a company or you're leading in your home, it all starts first with yourself. In fact, there's this phrase that we, we talk about often here. My wife and I have just always latched onto it is care for yourself to care for the world that there's there's just this need to have capacity to have our cup filled to a certain level to have enough to give to others or to give at least the best version of ourselves to others and i'm of the opinion that the most important and some of the most challenging work we'll ever do is is within the walls of our own home and so you know all the work that you're doing it applies just as much to to the home and to family as it as it does any other place but as far as my background, so I I actually spent the first 10 plus years of my career in the corporate world. I was really fortunate and had an opportunity to start with this, this at the time, fairly no-name company that just, their vision just caught me. And so I joined in, there's about a hundred employees, it's a software company. Uh, we took up half a floor of one office and it was like, it wasn't long before the f- full floor and then the second floor, then the third floor. And then they started opening up offices around the world. And within 10 years, it went from a hundred person company to about a 6,000 person company, this multi-billion dollar software company and went through going public and being acquired and, you know, multiple of those steps. So it was this really enriching, exciting corporate career. And yet it was interesting, Alicia is fulfilling as much of that was it was like our life was getting farther and farther from what we actually envisioned of what we wanted it to be. And so on the outside, so much looked good. And on paper, it looked really good. But on the inside, we weren't where we wanted to be. And I say we as in myself, my wife, my kids, my family, the the, the foundation of life is more there uh, within ourselves and within our family. And that foundation wasn't in the right place, even if the things up top looked like they were, they were doing, you know, well. And so it was just interesting. I think over, there's a number of different experiences during that time that just drove us to have a deeper need 
to invest in our own wellness. And as we did, there was just this passion that started to be cultivated for, for learning the principles of whole being health and finding ways to implement that into our life. And so when it came time, there's this kind of important moment that I remember it was a particularly difficult working time where it was throwing things way out of balance with family. And it actually wasn't, as I looked forward to the future of like, as I continue to climb this ladder, it actually, I can only see it getting worse of how I, how, how misaligned it is with some of my core values. And so I just remember this, this light bulb moment of sitting on, on our bed at night, late at night, one of those late night talks and just realizing something needs to change. And the paired thought was we can create anything we want to create. And if that's true, what is it that we want to create? And it's been a journey, you know, since then, that was a couple of years ago and, and we're a couple of years into figuring that question out. But so far, the answer has included where we are now with Behold Do Good. And it's this, this, this company where our focus is really on strengthening families, starting with our own, where we're on this journey as a family of pursuing whole being health. And our invitation is for other families to join us to join us in that that ongoing effort to build a culture in our home where we're constantly leaning into awareness and understanding and uh, growth and, and 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 not just for the purpose of our own happiness which is a a wonderful end in itself but but for the even greater end of that we can give of ourselves to the world. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I love it so much. We can relate a lot to your story. And, um, you know, one of my absolute favorite quotes, I talk about it all the time. I think it relates really well to what your, your mission is and our similar understanding. It's a quote by Rumi and he said, yesterday I was clever and I wanted to change the world today. I am wise. So I'm changing myself. And I use that all the time to help us understand, like, you can't just go out there and do these things to change the world without doing what you need to yourself within. And it starts at home. Knowing that as you do that, that's creating the ripple of the impact that you want to see outside of you. And so I love the work that you're doing. And I think it's so important that we're having this conversation around families. And I think it's really interesting that you being in, in the corporate world and having such success in what you were doing brought you kind of to your knees of, of what are my values? What do I really want? What am I, what am I doing? Is that what was happening for you of this isn't in alignment with my values anymore. Yeah, very much so. And and it it just that dissonance. I think sometimes when we feel dissonance, man, I mean that's that's those are the discouraging moments. When when we feel that misalignment, when we feel like this is not who I want to be or the life isn't the way I want it to be. And and initially, oftentimes in that dissonance, it's not easy to see a different way. You know, when we're in the midst of it. But I have just found that that there is a discontent that has great value. That when we listen to it and we, we say, what is this discontent telling me? Mm-hmm. That the answers to that question can be life-defining. And, okay. and that certainly as you alluded to that experience, that, that kind of period of time. And, and I, I 
I don't ever want to talk about it as a singular period of time because it, man, we're all just a work in progress. And, and the, sometimes we have bigger, more significant versions of smaller versions of the same experience that happen over and over again. But that was one of those, one of those times where there was just this, this dissonance in life that had great inherent value. And that thankfully we took enough time to listen to what that dissonance was telling us. And it's guided the direction that we're taking in life right now. Yeah, totally. It, it, uh, you had the decision and option to take your power back in that moment of feeling disempowered. And you can continue to lean into that or say, actually, I do have a choice. I I can make a decision of making something different for myself and making a different choice moving forward. And that's what you chose to do. And I think that's really inspiring for a lot of people who do feel stuck and finding that they're not living their values or they're not in alignment with you know, their day-to-day life. And yet still feeling like there's nothing that they can do about it. And I think your story is a testament that you can always do something about it. There's always a decision that you can make to improve it, right? Yes. And with with the caveat that it takes a lot of courage and it's not easy. And I would I would say, you know, as we as we found answers to what do we want it to look, how do we want it to look different? And as we pursued then that path and done every, I mean, it's, it's been years in the making of pursuing that, that and, and years of preparation before we even left the corporate world to then go all in on pursuing this, but it's not all been roses, you know, and you find that every, every path has its, has its thorns. And there are things that, that you appreciate and things you don't appreciate at every stage and every phase. So there's this this mix that I find myself constantly having to balance, which is this ability to have vision and that pursuit of that vision, having clarity on my values and making sure that the direction I'm heading is in alignment with that, while also cultivating the ability to be present and to appreciate the here and now and to focus more on the good that is in the current than the bad that's in the current, because there's always going to be some of both. And, and so I think we're, we're definitely in the middle of that now, you know, there's certain challenges that by, by creating this, this lifestyle that we've created, there are wonderful benefits. And I feel so much more aligned with my values, but there's different challenges that it's brought up too. And and in some ways it would have been a lot easier to just do what everyone else was doing and to maintain the course with where I was in some ways that would have been easier but I think the hardest thing is when we're feeling like we're not true to ourselves. So even though there's maybe discomforts and there's challenges with taking the pursuit of trying to stay true to who you are and to your values, uh, it's worth it because it's, it's far better than the discomfort of not staying true to yourself. Yeah. No matter how long it takes. Um, right. Because when you're, when you know that when you're living your, your truth, how long it takes isn't really it's not really relevant because you know that that's your truth and that's where you're going that's where you're meant to be regardless of the challenges along the way michael my husband and i we can totally relate um we've been growing our current lifestyle and our businesses for the last decade as well and when um we were in the early stages of it i was 
in working a different part of my business many, many years ago as a yoga teacher and, and meditation guide and creating online courses. And he was working um, as a traveling consultant for a, a big four consulting firm. And so he was getting on a plane every Sunday night, leaving, coming back every Thursday night. And it would have been a lot harder if we hadn't planted the seed that that wasn't the ultimate vision, right? We had a different vision of what we were creating and what we were building towards. But we knew we had to do what we were doing for two to three years to be able to get to the point to then take the leap to go to the next stage to get to the next stage, right? So we completely <laughs> relate to you and and feeling like there's this vision that we have and we're still growing it and we're still doing it and we're not there, but you're are you ever really there, right? You're still always developing it. Yet at the same time, we're building our family and we have a daughter. We want to have another one and wanting to just spend as much time as you can, which is a big part of why we have our businesses so that you can be with your family, right? Stay home with them and have that time freedom um, to do so. But there is that dissonance that you're saying of, oh, I need to be growing and building for the family, but also I'm supposed to be here too and enjoy it. And that's why I built what I'm building. So yeah, you're, you're, you're very much just expressing so much of the motivations for why we created Behold Do Good is, is exactly that, that desire to, to bring together into one, this more integrated life where we have an ability to build and, and strengthen our family and by being present with them. And the window of time in which we have our kids at our home is not very long. And the window of time in which they're in any given phase is not very long and wanting to be present with that and take advantage of it and try to raise uh, the next generation to be better than, than we are and to improve upon whatever good we can do. And, and to, I think in the world today, there's a lot of unique challenges. I, it's interesting as you think about technology innovation, there's, there's certain challenges that in the end are challenges that have always been there. It's part of being human. But there, there is a unique set. I was reading a book on creative learning from this, this head of creative learning out of MIT. Really interesting. But in it, he quotes about how there, there's some research that in the last, in the next 30 years, oh man, I'm trying to remember, I'm going to butcher it. So I, I probably should just estimate and I'll say it now. Here's a caveat <laughs> that, that it was something like, you know, 70% of our current jobs in 30 years will be gone. Mm -hmm. That's how much evolution is happening out in, in the workplace because of technology innovation. But while that was focused a lot on, well, how do we then educate? How do we change our education system to prepare people for that evolving workplace? To me, the thing that, that just stood out is no wonder kids are growing up with all-time highs of anxiety and mm. depression and suicidal rates and struggle for a sense of identity and on and on and on because the world is rapidly changing so much that we don't have the experience yet fully to know how to to handle that to handle the evolution to have handle the innovation in such a way that supports their well-being and, and so again, I, I think the opportunity for, for any one of us is to make a stand in that and to say, you know what, for the work that's in the walls of my own home, 
I'm going to lean in in an exciting, joyful, playful, experimenting way to say, how can I help my kids in this unprecedented time take full advantage of the great abundance that our modern day has to offer them while helping them to have the skills, the knowledge, the tools to combat the challenges that come in our unprecedented modern society. And so I think ultimately that's that's captures some of what we're trying to do here, be whole, do good. And it captures what I think the opportunity is for any of us parents. And it's it's actually daunting and overwhelming at sometimes, but it's also exciting and, and a wonderful opportunity. And the more we can prepare our kids to be leaders in that going forward, you know, that's that's what the world will need. Amen. I think I, I this is so needed and important. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday, a leader in my community who's reached out to me and is like, what do we do? How do we help these kids get through, you know, the next phase? And what how how can we support them and all of the struggles that they're having with their mental health, not only as a result of these last few years, but to your point, all of this exponential growth that we're going to be experiencing with AI and technology in the next 10, 20 years, like we can can barely grasp what it will be. So how can we stay grounded and feel confident in guiding our children in their own well-being, like you're saying? So I think this work is just so important. So what are you what are you finding? Like what do you think we can do? What's this what's the answer as of right now that you're ever evolving yeah ever evolving so we'll we'll talk about i guess some some emerging things that what what am i feel like i'm learning right now uh and and we'll see you know and then what are we doing with behold do good i guess to reflect that of what we're learning i think what i've come to realize is that when there is any situation in life where we can't fully predict what's going to happen which is most of life, right? The more we can have the right mindset to be able in the moment to then seek and find what we need in that moment, that's some of the key, right? So the 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 bigger our toolbox of kind of whole being health tools, that also helps, right? So the more we can invest in understanding, okay, this is the role of meditation and how I can meditate, how I can teach my kids to meditate. This is the role of exercise of what I eat, what I eat, what are the things that contribute to my mental well-being that I put into my body? You know, what what are the tools regarding uh, my openness to life and being flexible? How do I cultivate a sense of purpose? You know, learning tools in all of those areas, how to process my difficult emotions, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's one step. And, and what I guess the comment I'll make there is, is that's, that's something that over time we've, we've come to realize is really important is that we are one interconnected whole as an individual. If any one part of us is really suffering, all of us is suffering. And if we strengthen any one part of us, it strengthens all of us. And so as we consider ourselves individually, and as we consider our children, our family as a whole, I think that's one thing that's important is that we take a uh, uh, we remember the whole, you know, what are all the parts of us? And for me, it's helpful to have constructs. There's a lot of them out there. We use one by Tal Ben-Shahar that's spire, spiritual, physical, intellectual, relational, and emotional well-being. And I'll, I'll talk in a minute of how we use that as a family, but 
but that's one component is I think it's important that we look, we look at our whole selves, but a second component going back to that mindset is that we have this sense of playfulness in life. It's a curiosity. It's an openness where no matter what life brings, there's this perspective that there's great opportunity in it as, as painful and difficult or as wonderful as, as it may be. And, and what is it that, that, uh, being, being able and ready when unexpected things happen to then experiment, to find what you need in that moment. And that's one of the things that this MIT group actually even talked about that preparing for the workforce in this ever evolving is not like, how do we educate kids to memorize a bunch of facts and then on a test, be able to regurgitate them? How do we actually prepare them to just have this problem solving kind of mindset? And I think that that relates to our well-being is just having this problem-solving mindset. And foundational to that is a certain degree of awareness, awareness of ourself, awareness of our emotions, awareness of the tools that are available to us. But as a family, I think what we are really focused on and then what we're trying to help support other families doing with Behold Do Good is, is creating a culture of those things creating a culture of looking at our whole self, identifying what are our needs and desires across those core areas. And then how do we joyfully pursue growth in the ones that really feel like they could use some of that. So for our family, what that looks like is we, uh, we, every, I'd say one to two months, we sit down and we make this kind of family party out of it. And our kids are still pretty young. You know, we have, we have four kids at home from a little baby up to nine years old. And we have this, this little, this little fun thing and ice cream and all the toppings and, you know, whatever, but we go through those five categories, every person. And we discuss, okay, when it comes to your physical well-being, what's an area that would be such a blessing to work on or fun to work on and we establish a goal and, 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 you know, we go through each of those five areas and they have, we all have goals that we're working on. So there's this culture that we're trying to create where on an ongoing basis, we are continually working on our whole selves. And then of course, as, as parents, you know, Ashley and I, uh, separately, we'll, we'll have a date night every once in a while where the whole goal of our date night is we're doing kind of a five facet review and we're reviewing from our perspective, how is every member of our family doing across these five areas and what additional support do we need to give our family, ourselves, uh, an individual child to support one of those areas. Cause oftentimes we don't know, we don't know what the answer is. We don't know how to help, uh, this child to not yell so much when they get upset and angry. Or this child to to melt down and tease when they're feeling not heard, or you know whatever it might be, you know figuring out what is what is that next tool that we need and how how do we go and pursue it? And so I I don't know maybe maybe the, Alicia you can pull something out of, that makes sense out of that. I'm just kind of talking through of what are some of the things that we're focused on and working on that I think are really helpful. And as we think about raising raising a resilient generation that is ready to lead out 
of leaning into the abundance of our of our modern day without being weighed down by the burdens of it. Mm. I really love your ritual that you do with your family. I love how intentional it is. I think that's really beautiful. And I think that that is the example that that children need, right? Is knowing that you are there to guide them in being more intentional with their life and support them throughout it. Um, but the best part is you're not just doing it for them, you're doing it yourself. And so I think that's where the biggest change happens is you're leading by example. Like you guys going on your date night and you talking about it yourself of, okay, what am I going to do for myself? Right. And in addition, how can I support my children and supporting whatever goal they have in each of the five areas of their well-being? But I think that's the biggest key is knowing that you're not just telling them to do it. You're showing and, and leading it along the way too. Um, yeah, actually, in fact, on our, our podcast, our Behold Do Good podcast, we interviewed a, an emotional intelligence expert who focuses entirely on, on families. And mm -hmm. so how do you cultivate emotional intelligence in the family? And one of the things that that she just emphasized and it's it's fairly common sense but there's there's kind of the two ways to teach emotional intelligence one is the explicit we sit down we talk about our emotions we read a little book that's written about our emotions we we tell our kids what they can do when they feel certain things and that is important and it's good and it has value but by far the way our kids actually learn emotional processing skills, emotional regulation is by what they see. It's mm -hmm. how we model it. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that she emphasized was that our most powerful teaching as parents with emotional intelligence, but I think in any area is, is our modeling. And so it's actually been fun as we've started to create this lifestyle that has more of the time freedom so that we can focus on our family mm -hmm it's been fun to start to involve my kids more in my goals. So my kids know that like when, when daddy's stressed, the pair of running shoes are coming on, you know, like that's, that's part of my medicine. Like that's what I need. It's part of my therapy. It's, it's, you know, healing to me. And, and they know I have that routine in the morning, but it's something that just getting outside and doing that is, is just really, really supportive for me but it's a lot of fun to invite them to come on a run with me. And the exercise isn't nearly as good when they come with me, but it's, it's enriching when, when they come and, you know, certain kids are more drawn to coming than others. There's one son in particular who just loves to, you know, or he, he'll come down into the basement with me and, and work out with his little tiny weights and my five-year-old doing the workouts with me. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like that, that's just one example, but they see their mom doing her her daily meditation and 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 so when she invites them to sit down and as a part of you know we we do kind of a homeschool hybrid uh setup and every monday 
she they have a weekly ritual of doing a meditation where she does this guided meditation with with my kids and it's the cutest thing they're like out on the on the floor in our family room with the yoga mats out and are are you know all all into their meditation and she makes it this really fun experience you know has some yummy herbal tea and and you know I did all these things so that they would be open to trying it out but the most important thing is they see her doing it every day and she talks about how much it helps her when dealing with anxiety or dealing with, you know, whatever it might be. And so then they're much more open to trying things and doing things because they know we're doing it. It's that modeling component. Yeah, exactly. And like your example of the going for a run when you're stressed, that's you showing them how to regulate. Right. And I think a good question that we can all ask ourselves is what is my go-to? What do I do when I'm stressed? And know that whatever you do, you're modeling that to your family. And so you can, you have the opportunity to shift that and change that. I even had to do that today. It was a hard morning. We're in toddler phase and my husband got home from the gym. It's his work time. Cause we, we trade off, um, where I work in the morning or I have her in the morning. He works in, in uh, the morning and then we switch. So I get the afternoon to work and he has her so it was his time, but I'm like, hey, I need two minutes to go ground and regulate so that I can be better, right? And so I literally just went out and I just walk barefoot on the uh, on the grass. I touch a tree. I breathe and meditate for two minutes and I'm good. But knowing when you're dysregulated and knowing the tools to bring yourself back and center yourself so that then you can be there to help your children do whatever it is that they need. I think it is really vital that you're able to lead by example in that way. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, human beings are really complex <laughs> and, and kids, you know, everyone talks about how they don't come with instruction manuals and they don't. And, and even if they did, it would be irrelevant because every child is different, you know, now having, having four kids, every one of them, like their personality is, is, is different, what they're drawn to, what they do naturally, what they what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, what their emotional challenges are, how they manifest the same negative emotion. They manifest it so differently. And, and so it's, it's just really, you know, I, I guess I mention it because as someone who's now like, we're dedicating our life to focusing on this and, you know, we've studied with different experts and, and we, we don't feel like experts ourselves yet, but we're just, we're, we're trying to be an ally to where, you know, we, we can create space for other families to focus on the things that we're focusing on. And, and yet like, man, so much of the time, I feel like I, as a dad, I'm like, what do I do? You know, and, and how do I, it, it's not translating the way that I wanted to translate. Mm -hmm. But what's been fun is, is we now have the, the nine-year-old and I think we're starting to see it more and more that the little things that we do, the things we're talking about now, sometimes you see right away some of the impact, but, but so much of the time it's like little by little. And in the moment, it's almost imperceptible that it's actually making any difference at all. So sometimes it can be discouraging. We just want to give up, mm -hmm. but, but over time you start to see, wow, this thing that we've now repeatedly done. And it's like, I feel like I've said it a million times and, the, and it's never had any impact. I'm starting to see the mindset shift. I'm starting to see the behavior change. I'm starting to see the evidences 
of the consistency of those small and simple things starting to have a great impact. And so I just feel like we're, we're getting little hints of that here and there, but it's just a helpful reminder because sometimes you listen to these things and it's like, oh yeah, none of that works for me, you know? And, no one has and, it figured out. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> but you are trying to share the things that have worked for you, not saying that everything works perfectly, but it is, it is good to call that out of like, Hey, even though some things are, it's not, you know, perfect here in the background, but I want to, I want to get your opinion of your advice for people who don't have the time freedom and do want to focus on their families, right? A lot of our listeners are professionals, are leaders, are executives, and they're, they have to, you know, work all day. So where can they start when they don't have the luxury of as much time or they're really trying to juggle that, you know, nine to five and still prioritize their family? Yeah, I, I think the specific actions to take of where you start are going to look a little different per family, per child, you know, per circumstance. And so I hesitate giving a, you know, here's, here's, here's the way. But I think the principle, the principle that is universally true is that we shouldn't underestimate the little things. Mm. That in, in reality, I think almost all transformative change, almost all transfor- transformative achievements are achieved through consistency of little things. And we all can make room for little things. And, and I'm talking about, you know, tiny stuff that, that when we can create a very consistent habit that the minute we walk in the door, we get down on our knee, we give a big hug and we say, I'm so glad to see you. I love you. This is the happiest part of my day. Like that, that alone is, is like a very, very tiny thing, but can we make it just a ritual in our life? where it happens every day, the first time your kid sees you. And, and, and I, and I get it by the way, like when, when I got to the point of being like, I'm ready for a change, I was, I was waking up and leaving the house before any of my kids were awake. And I was getting home, uh, for a very late dinner, eating dinner. And then it was bedtime. Like that was our life. And, and I was having a hard time leaving work on vacation like we were on vacation but yet the demands were such that that it, it was that type of constancy and so I, I I get it but even in those scenarios the first time they see you what do you do and can you create a ritual out of that moment that just creates this instant feeling of love and acceptance and embracing and priority you know I think I think that's just one example but in any of them is you think about what are the needs of of you know a relationship? And as you identify what that need is, think about an aspiration. What is your aspiration for the need that you're feeling? And then go through and brainstorm and say, okay, if that's the aspiration, what I want for this area that's lacking in life right now, what is every possible behavior I can think of that could potentially contribute to it? And then you go through and you assess those, uh, all those lists of behaviors you create and identify one, how likely am I to actually to be able to consistently do it? 
and how strong would it contribute to that aspiration? And all you got to do, you know, pick one or two of those then that are most strong in, I could consistently do that every day. And I can see how that would directly correlate to, to meeting this need and strengthening a relationship or strengthening my family or strengthening the need of this child. And so I I guess that's my, my, my top thought is just make it tiny, make it tiny and don't underestimate undervalue the uh, power of tiny, especially if that tiny is something that could be done every day. And, and then I think, you know, connected to that is, you know, certainly there's a need for additional support, even in, in time freedom, you know, we, we recently decided, you know what, there's certain skills emotionally that we're kind of struggling, figuring out how to teach our kids. So we went and found a play therapist that could help provide some additional support, not so that we could take that responsibility off of us because they're going to visit that play therapist once every other week for an hour. And we're with them more often than that. And, uh, but so that they could receive new insight and understanding, and then we could be coached to receive new insight and understanding, and then we can be better with all the time that we spend with our kids. And so I think there's also a lot of value in, in recognizing that, uh, even in our parenting, how can we take the most important parts of parenting, use what time we do have for those things and then get support for other things. And I, I use the example of a, maybe the emotional coaching with a therapist, but maybe it's cleaning house, you know, and, and if, if we're spending a lot of our family time cleaning house, which there is inherent value in teaching work and those types of things and that, but if, if, if we need to get someone else to clean our house so that we could build the quality, the little time we have with our family can be truly the most quality with them, then, you know, there's no investment that's more worth it. And, and so I think, uh, identifying what support do we need to take advantage of the time that we do have is, is another helpful question. Amazing. I think those are two really great specific things that, um, you can start the foundation, obviously what you're saying, like small changes will have a big impact, which I think is your phrase, right? It's one of our phrases. Yeah. Tiny changes, big impact. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I I love that, how that ties in there, but yeah, sometimes it helps hearing, okay, tiny things, but what exactly could that, could that look like? Right. And so um, setting the intention of greeting your child with love and joy and gratitude when you do see, get to see them, even if it's right at dinner or before they go to bed or early in the morning before you leave, for the day, setting that intention that that's how you show up for them each time can build up over time. I love that. Um, and then outsourcing, asking for support. We aren't meant to do it all, all the time. And so that, you know, if you don't have the time freedom, maybe you have the financial freedom to clear up some of that time, right. That you're missing doing those things to pour back into your family. So I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And I think about as you, as you're referencing back, you know, that example of, you know, the tiny things building up over time and, and can we create a ritual around when we, when we are with our, our kids, how we make the most of it. I am also fully aware and understanding that it is not easy to be ready to show up that way. That after working those really long, demanding, stressful days, you're just completely exhausted 
And so it's very, very easy to come with a cup empty and depleted. And then, yes, we may feel passionate about our role as a parent and desire to show up well. But when we have nothing to give, there's nothing to give. And and that's just the reality. So I think sometimes there is a little bit of a building uh, rituals upon themselves process we have to go through. Like, okay, if that's the ritual I want to create when I get home or at the dinner table or in the morning at the school drop-off or, you know, whatever it is, if that's the ritual I want to create there, what do I need to do right before that so that I'm ready to do that? You know, I found there were certain things on my drive home on my commute that if I spent that time, like, Hey, I'm piecing out from the office and just doing a meeting on my call on the phone, as I'm driving home, I hang up and then I walk in. Oh man, I was not a very good dad. When I walked in, I, I couldn't be present. But, but if I created a boundary there where it's like that drive home, uh, there are specific things I know help me to process the day, release them and and kind of be able to put them on the shelf till the next day and to put myself in the right place that ritual is equally as important if we want that next ritual to be what we want it to be yes i'm so glad you gave that um example and of your own experience because we know that as high achievers it's easy to be like oh i can just squeeze in this one more meeting i can send this one more email as i'm you know commuting whether I'm driving or not, maybe I text voice it as well. And you just don't ever stop. And then it's hard and difficult to just switch and turn it, turn this off and turn that on without having that anchor or that ritual, that routine that shuts down work and turns on parenting or turns on, you know, I'm at home now. And so what is that ritual? What is that anchor that can guide you into into that space more. And the example of driving home, I think is really powerful to just silence everything off. No news, no music, no podcasts. Like at this point, you just had so much in the day to just let that be your, your moment to unwind and, and center yourself a little bit more before you go in the day and take a few deep breaths before you walk in the door. Like that doesn't have to take any additional time other than a little more intention to help you get to what you were saying the the ultimate the outcome that you're that you're trying to create with your family so i love this this is amazing so what would be um where can people start if they don't know what to do with how to focus on creating more well-being within their family unit how can how can they start deciding on which area to focus on yeah i I think that there's a number of resources that we've created, first of all, for exactly that. You know, if you don't know where to start or you want to feel more support, you want to feel a community of, of other, you know, committed parents who are trying to balance all the craziness of life and yet still make it a priority to not just be good parents, but, but to really help their kids to cultivate the skills and, and of resilience and of whole being health. If that's your desire and interest, you know, we, we've got a set of resources that are really helpful to get started, but I think ultimately just sitting down and, and actually having an opportunity probably first as, as you and a part, your partner, if you have a partner to be able to consider and, and, and think about each of those sets of needs, like what are those needs of each child? And then how can we help support them in having a desire to pursue growth in some of those needs? 
and then having that type of discussion with our kids, you know, and I, I think it's amazing, even with, you know, our, our, like our five-year-old, for example, even at that young age, like when you create this climate for them to be able to set goals and you, you as a parent kind of guide the way that discussion goes and identifying, like helping them understand some of the things that are important that they could work on and what would be exciting and what that might look like, you know, before almost every one of our family goal setting, we've, we've had the discussion as a couple first. And so we're really kind of influencing and guiding and prompting them in ways that they just, they feel the self-initiative and it's really, really powerful. So I think taking time to actually just have those conversations is a great starting point. But beyond that, one of the things that I've just felt really passionate about and that, that Ashley has felt passionate about, you know, we do be whole, do good together is I, I think one of the really, really important foundational needs when it comes to this type of skills for our kids is just what do we do with difficult emotions? Mm -hmm. Because that emotional regulation is, is part of what we see so many of the pervasive problems being right now. And, and is, is, difficult and there's a lot of influences uh, to influence otherwise uh, to have poor coping skills and to turn to the wrong things and so that's one of the things that we've really built at behold do good is is a a program that's focused on how do we as a family both parents to your point if the parents aren't doing it, the kids aren't going to do it type thing. Mm -hmm. So how do we as, as parents and children together lean into developing mindfulness and self-compassion skills? And so, you know, that's one of our, our kind of core offers is the four week program where, where it's oriented around helping kids of all ages and the adults together lean into and learn some of the basic simple tools that are very helpful to be more mindful and to practice greater self-compassion because those are two foundational pillars to how we can process our difficult emotions more effectively they're things that we can turn to and and so that's that that would be another resource that i would just offer i guess out is if people are interested in that just reach out to me taughtabeholdogood.com and we can get you you know oriented into one of our community groups that's that's working through that Amazing. I, yeah, I think that's a really um, powerful and needed educational program. And can you imagine how different life would be if you would have learned those things as a child? I think that's the power of of this work is like you can literally change the future by teaching children these things that we weren't taught until we had to figure it out really as adults. And how powerful when you can, when you can actually have, because I, I don't know of almost any family that, and, and not to the previous generation's fault. It's just the evolution of where we are right. at, completely, but I don't know of almost any family of my peer group where the ability to have really open conversation around all the hard stuff of life is just natural and it's like part of our culture and and we don't ever feel alone because we always feel like we can talk about those things and that it's heard and received in a way that is mindful and compassionate and and we just have that culture of treating each other that way mm -hmm. uh let alone treating ourselves that way you know and and so i i think that's one of the opportunities that we hope for is 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 not only can i help an individual child to learn these skills now that I, you know, had to learn as an adult, 
but can we actually learn it together as a family where the entire dynamic of the family changes, where we can be a support to one another all throughout our lives? Like that, that is, that's it. That's it. That's what I want. (laughs) That's totally it. I mean, I feel like doing that, you're healing the, you know, generational trauma and you're, um, healing the future, right. Of generations. So we're, we're, you're able to like change and break the pattern of, not having that. And and to your point, I'm will echo, it's not any previous generation's fault. Like we're just evolving and raising consciousness as, you know, humanity. And so, but knowing that we're able to raise that, giving that gift to our children is just, I think going to be so power, pow- powerful, especially as we continue to evolve it as a more, um, uh, technological, society, right? Yes. This is the skill that we need more than ever as we lean into, you know, the world of AI. And, and, you know, I, I, I have these desires, you know, I look at the conflict that is out in the world at, at all of the problems that are out in the world. And there's so much that, you know, my heart just desires to make a difference. And one of the things is, is, I've thought about that to your point about healing generations and preparing the future. The family is the building block of all of society. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. That is the building block. And so if, if we can, if we can strengthen families, if we can heal at the, at the home, then to me, that's, that's the most fundamental way to start to influence the changes in society. I hope we can all change. We can see you know, and, and, and see progress in, in our lifetime. Right. My husband and I, we were actually talking about this recently about how, you know, to your point, starting at home and making these changes, this is like where it is. Remembering that the work that you're doing is important to helping the world and to, you know, fulfilling your purpose and doing what it is that you're here to do. But also remember that the end of the day, everything you're doing is to support you at home right? Is to build the home that you desire with your family, with your spouse, whoever, whoever that is with you. And so sometimes that helps you to like keep things in check and perspective of what am I, what am I really rushing or, or pushing, um, to get to at this point when this is ultimately what it's for. Amen. So Uh, I think some of our listeners will enjoy that, but this has been really amazing. Um, where can people learn and find out more about you in this, in this for, is it a four week program or four months? Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's a four week program. We also will be launching our, our first group of a seven month program actually here in June. Uh, that is, that is really meant to be this tight knit community of, of families building the culture of whole being health together. And, and there's a lot of really cool things that are, that are actually a part of that program that will be a support in, in making it very, very easy for your kids to understand the concepts that contribute to whole being health and to having resources that ultimately start the conversation, start the conversation about whatever that principle of whole being health might be. You know, maybe it is curiosity and being open to new experiences. Maybe it's Maybe it is uh, how you cultivate kindness toward other people or how you, 
you know, again, the, the whole list, right. Of, of things over a seven month uh, time period, but that, yes, that program is coming out too soon. Where can you find us? Beholddogood.com is, is the, our website. And I would say, ultimately, if you're interested in really thinking about your family in the way that we've talked about it today, you want to follow along our family's journey and and what we're seeking to do, what we're trying to do, and how you know we're building a community around that. The best thing is just to join our email list on that homepage. So go do that. We also talk a lot about our journey, and then our podcast is really built around you know one yeah this is what we're focused on each month. We're focused, really hyper-focused on one pillar of whole being health. And we really invest in that. And part of it is, as Ashley and I asked, what are all the things we, we need to know that we don't know right now that would help solve challenges we're facing with our family? And then we go find the experts that kind of answer those questions and we interview them on our podcast. And so it's within the context of the real life challenges of raising our kids. And so, you know, our podcast is another place that you could follow along and, and be a part of it. We're most active on Instagram. So our social platforms go. And so you can check us out there. But I think those are some of the the probably the sources to find more information. But I also would just love to connect with anyone personally. So just just connect. We've got a family audit that uh, will be on on our website by the time this is published. So that will be a great resource. And you can just go to our homepage and and take that and and then uh, happy to connect with anyone individually and and see how we can get yeah as a part of of some of the work we're doing. I love that. I I think the audit would be really powerful for people too. Like, all right, where am I? Let me let me just kind of get some some um, feedback right? yeah. for myself, and kind of where I can start. Exactly, and that's the point. That's mm-hmm. the point right there. Is mm-hmm. is where can I start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that we hear and that we want to make easier in the then the point of the audit is is let's let's make it easier to like take this big overwhelming idea and let's just break it down again to something tiny a starting point that we can go at and so yeah come visit the website take the audit and be happy to connect with you love it so we'll have um all of uh these links for everyone in the show notes so we'll have um yeah all the links that you mentioned so thank you so much for joining us today is there any last thought you want to leave us with before we uh we end today's show well first and foremost i guess is gratitude yeah thanks alicia for for this opportunity to connect with the the wonderful audience that you built and and i i think ultimately i would just encourage and invite everyone to to know that they are enough yeah we are you, you are enough as you are all of, all of the weaknesses within your parenting, all the weaknesses in your family that, you know what, they're all common to humanity. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, they're not faults to who you are. They're a part of being human. And you know what, that's actually not a bad thing either. That there's something beautiful about the whole part of us, both the broken parts and the whole parts, the weaknesses and the strengths. And oftentimes they're actually really connected and that we can't have the gifts and the goodness without some of the the brokenness and the challenges and, and whatever that come with it. That there's this contrast that I think is actually really important to the human experience. And so, you know, if someone has desires in these areas, please, please know you're enough, you're enough. And with a little bit of, you know, intention and ongoing effort on little things, 
you can begin to feel more the way that you want to feel about your family and about the direction of your family. I love that. Thank you. Well said. And I will just echo that by saying that when you start making a change from the place of wholeness, that's where lasting change comes from. So you're doing great work. Thank you so much for being here today. And um, we will have all the links for everyone to join you and check more out in the, in the show notes. So thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of Unlocking Wellbeing. We will see you next time.